0: Congratulations, you're listening to Podcast Rebellion. Hey everybody, this is Podcast Rebellion. We are associated with Red Cup Rebellion on SB Nation, the Ole Miss sports blog. Uh, and I am Juke All-American, joined by Whiskey Wednesday. We are talking LSU win. Very unexpected. We both predicted a loss. Uh, Ole Miss did not blow them out but gosh what an awesome game um we will somewhat dispense with the typical what we're drinking thing because before this started we just talked about how we we drank a lot uh we're not drinking anything at the moment because it's noon on a monday uh but yeah it was it was that kind of game there was there were plenty of of alcohols to mention if we were to talk about what we had been drinking
1: yeah yeah absolutely i was i was selling juco i just very quickly killed an entire bottle of four roses with one other friend that i was watching with uh it was ugly mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah <clears throat> um but almost came out on
0: top uh yeah i, I just uh i mean b- before we get started kind of breaking things down or anything um when ole Miss was down nine uh, with what five minutes left yeah this is, mm-hmm. this is the first topic and I'm having to like go back now and look at the thing uh <clears throat> when Ole Miss was down nine with not much time left in the fourth quarter I thought there was roughly a five percent chance at winning if if that like probably less than that uh and then Ole Miss got like the Ole Miss defense actually in the fourth quarter. Uh, obviously, the Ole Miss defense played a terrible game, um, but in the fourth quarter, they actually really came out uh, came out pretty strong. I think they only LSU only scored seven points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we outscored LSU twenty one to seven in the fourth quarter, um, and that was two punts and a touchdown, and then the game ending incompletion. So four drives, one touchdown. That's pretty
1: awesome. Yeah, yeah, it is, especially as, as hot as LSU was playing. Um, it was just probably the best quarterback battle we're going to see in SEC play this year. Um, both oh, guys so good. were absolutely on fire. Um, and the reason that I'm not too down about the Ole Miss defense, you know, we'll get into that a little more in depth, is that, like, Jaden Daniels had to just paint the corners of the end zone throwing to, you know, future NFL receivers. Uh, just like all of their touchdowns were big kind of 50, 50 plays or, or most of them. Uh, and he did so perfectly. Again, we'll talk about
0: that. Let's, let's actually hit our, our broad topic before we, so we don't have to keep saying we'll talk about that. Um, Lane Kiffin lost to Alabama. There was a lot of uncertainty uh, around not his career or anything like that. But a lot of fans were, you know, quite disappointed and um, were sort of checked out in some capacity, or at least sort of threatened to check out in some capacity. Um, and then just a huge, in, in my opinion, you know, everybody talks about signature win, all that sort of, stuff. well, if he didn't have a signature win before, which I think is arguable,
1: he definitely has one now. Absolutely. Um, all the other potential kind of signature wins that you could point to are, you know, kind of borderline. He beat a, a, a very soft ranked Indiana team in 2020. He had a great road win at Tennessee in 2021. Um, a couple other pretty solid ones. I mean, beating LSU two years ago was, was obviously great. Um, but yeah, uh, this is the win and it, it happened in a way that, I don't know, it, it it's good for Lane that he kind of put all the pieces of the offense together to get this signature win because it had been really iffy so far this year. Um, and, and it was good to see his kind of vision for what this offense was supposed to be come together. Yeah, obviously winning
0: 21-17 still would have been fine, but it sure was awesome to see an offense capable of just trading blows with almost certainly the best offense in the SEC in LSU. Um, if it's not all Miss. Yeah. Which is, you know, very different than, than the Alabama game. I think some of it is also just last year, the LSU game loss, and I guess the Alabama game losses just totally ended everything um, in terms of hope and you know, performance and all that sort of thing. Uh, and in this case, uh, I don't know if you can hear my dog barking in the background. Apologies if you can. Uh, in this case, they didn't, they could have. I mean, if Ole Miss had lost to Alabama and LSU, then we could be having another discussion like, oh, is it just gonna be the same thing as last year? But instead they get a huge, huge emotional win coming down off of an emotional loss
1: and to turn things around. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the thing about Alabama, so last year, Ole Miss really laid everything on the table in, in that loss. And, you know, a lot of things went wrong in that game, but it was a phenomenal effort. But against Alabama this year, it was a pretty flat effort, which you know, left us all thinking that, you know, Ole Miss had more in the tank, but we didn't know if we were going to see it, especially the very next week. Uh, So just phenomenal job by the entire team, the entire coaching staff, getting everything turned around like that in in just one week after what was, you know, really a flat effort. Yeah. Yeah, it was exactly what they needed.
0: Uh, I mean, I guess they needed to win 70 to zero, but uh you know, that wasn't going to happen. And so to win a tight, close game in a big environment, attendance record for Vaught Hemingway, uh, you know, the, the videos, gosh, we had we had a, a close friend who went to the game, a mutual close friend who went to the game, and sent some videos that were just unbelievable. Like, it is a different atmosphere than it used to be.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I'm sure those of you who are able to go to games pretty frequently know that but if you're like us you know live a couple states away can't make it to a game every year uh it's cool to see that kind of change yeah yeah um do
0: you think that you know we talked well i don't want to go there yet but um how about this? I I I don't want to say yet how this win may have may or may not have affected our expectations from a win total perspective on the year yet, because we'll talk about at the very end like we always do. But last podcast, we talked about how, um, you know, this game could really change things, and this didn't happen. But do you, with the way it ended up playing out, do you think that if LSU scores that touchdown, um to, to win the game at the very, the very last second, does that moral, vic- well, does it even have the feel of a moral victory or is it just a loss that is frustrating?
1: Oh no, I think there's, there's no moral victory there. Um, because illness has always come close, you know, I, I think, I don't know the time for moral victories is, is kind of past, especially with the kind of investment we're making in, in the program. And also it would have been just, just such a breakdown in coaching, in execution and in everything to allow, you know, that to happen. It, it, you know, kind of sucks that they even had two shots in the end zone. Um, because we were trying to play super soft defense and gave up what a 50 yard pass or whatever. Um, Yeah. 44 on the first play. Yeah. Right. Like that in itself was a a big lapse in like focus and execution at a really critical time. And they, you know, they buckled up and, you know, made the plays when it counted, but that made things really rough. (laughs) What's your thought? Should Trey Harris have gone down at the one? That's what I said while the game was going on. Uh, But. With my blood alcohol content back down to zero, I say no, uh, <laughs> because at the yeah. at that time I was just like drunkenly catastrophizing. Um, I think you go ahead and go ahead and do it, man. Um, the Ole Miss offensive line is still not an offensive line that can shove around a team like LSU when it needs a goal line stance, or we don't know that for sure. So if you can just walk, yeah, he did the a great zone, job. Oh, no, the line did a great job. Oh, yeah, this is their best game by far, uh, Mm -hmm. dating back to, I don't know, sometime in 2021. Um, But yeah, I I still don't know that I would put the game in their hands on the one yard line like that against a team Mm -hmm. like LSU. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, second guessing in this situation is kind of like a funny thing to do. Um, Hindsight, all that the benefit of hindsight, the fact that it worked out, whatever. Um, I actually never like when teams intentionally go down. Uh, I I would have actually just preferred if the first play had been a run. Um, and then, you know, you have the clock moving for whatever your second play is. So you're inherently taking up more time. Um, yeah. But again, like maybe that run doesn't work. And maybe then the screen isn't, or the, the pass to Trey Harris isn't there. So like, Maybe that's dumb, but um, yeah, I just, I think that in that situation, you've got to get the clock moving a little bit before you uh, are able to really like send it home, I guess. Yeah. Um, Okay. Well, let's actually just talk about uh, some more of kind of the, the nuances of the game. Um, Jackson Dart, probably his best game of his career.
1: Yeah, I mean, especially if you consider the, the moment and the competition, yeah, just what a masterful performance. There are very few even off plays that he had, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, okay, so his his final stat line, uh,
0: 26 for 39, 389 yards, four touchdowns, no picks.
1: I don't even remember, like, a close pick. There might have been one. I was just about to say, there been I don't remember – any balls that were that ap- appeared to be potential interceptions yeah yeah um
0: seven carries for 50 yards and a touchdown um the the, the hurdle that he had was just so beautiful
1: <laughs> yeah he, he really has a way of making statement runs you know and that certainly was yeah. one yeah yeah his run his touchdown run was just a.
0: Uh, uh goal line yeah just a dive uh he didn't yeah yeah um qbr of 91.2 that's actually his third highest of the year um but his his highest came against mercer uh and then his second highest was against georgia tech um in a game that ultimately mattered a lot in the end or excuse me ultimately looked like a blowout but actually wasn't uh until the end um and that was mostly bolstered, actually, I think, by his runs. where he had 136 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. Um, if we look at last season for him, let's see, 91.2. That would be only second to – oh, yeah, the Vanderbilt game, which was 91.3. Uh, the Vanderbilt game last season was like uh, a very, very strange performance where suddenly Vanderbilt decided that they were just going to like uh, – play Jonathan Mingo and Malik Heath super close to the line of scrimmage and let them get past them and just go crazy. Um, But yeah, neither of those was, you know, as big of a game as, as this one. And he just stepped up to the plate and Jaden Daniels was spectacular. Like you said, I think that he, I do not expect to face a better quarterback this season
1: Um, and managed to pull out the win. Yeah, really, really incredible feeling. We've been on the wrong side of so many of those uh, over the years, and and yeah, it's it's very cool to win a barn burner game like that that just comes down to the last play, and yeah, just so many, so many players contributing. Um, I mean, you could say it was one of Quinchon Judkin's best games. You could say it was Trey Harris's best game. You know, uh, it it definitely was. I mean, for those two,
0: yeah. Um, Quinshon Dudkins, obviously, 177 yards rushing, 33 carries. They went to him over and over again, and it paid off. Um, I guess a question that I have is, did you notice anything that was specifically different? Or, you know, what, what were your thoughts generally on what made Quinshon Judkins work well where he's been struggling in the past?
1: I, I think, I mean, Lane Kiffin keeps giving a nod to... Caden Prescorn's return for for help in run blocking. And again, it's hard to watch run blocking given the camera angles that you have on TV and just like trying to, to watch, you know, where the ball goes and stuff. But there are definitely a, a few times I noticed where he just destroyed would-be tacklers uh, and really opened up things. One, one, he just pancaked a guy and then got called for a hold. <laughs> it was really dumb. Uh yeah, he just blocked him too well. Yeah. So that's that's part of it. I, I don't know if maybe they've simplified some things or added some more zone blocking like they were doing last year or I don't know. Maybe they're I don't know. I noticed that Jaden Williams played a little bit more than he has been, I think. Um mm-hmm. he did. Who's who's to say, but but yeah you really have to give them a ton, a ton of credit for improving their play mid season, which is really hard to do. Yeah. I mean, clearly the
0: offensive line was blocking LSU better than they've blocked anyone this season. Um, even Mercer, honestly, Um mm-hmm. Actually, I guess actually, from what I remember, Mercer we had a really clean pocket, uh, and that's why Dart was able to just do whatever he wanted. That's true. But Georgia Tech and Tulane were a mess, yeah, um, and yeah, I on top of that, Judkins also wasn't going down easily, and those two things just made it so fun to watch him. The one, I mean, obviously it's a highlight run so everybody remembers it but i'm still going to talk about it the one where he had these like spin move out of this out of the pile and then a stiff arm right after that to be able to gain like a total of maybe 20 yards after contact mm-hmm. uh gosh just so beautiful like that was the that was quinshaw judkins last year that was him
1: yeah he i mean whether it's scheme whether it's blocking whether it's something with him He definitely seemed to get his momentum going and, you know, run a lot more deliberately in this game. There were more plays where he was just kind of shot out of a cannon and would get, you know, six, eight yards, whatever. uh, Instead of like trying to look for the hole and then it's, it's already too late, you know? Yeah. And, you know, speaking of shot out
0: of a cannon, Ulysses Bentley continues to be a a great compliment to, to Judkins he had the the one touch I guess the second touchdown like I I realize LSU's secondary is bad but I didn't realize they were bad to the point of like being slower than Ulysses Bentley and I don't mean like Ulysses Bentley is very fast but if you are you know a corner Mm -hmm. you should be able to theoretically sort of not look as if you're half the speed of a running back
1: yeah I don't even remember you know sometimes you just get caught on a bad angle or with your weight on the wrong foot, or whatever. But it looked like there are guys that had a chance to run him down, and no, he just outraced everybody. Um, yeah, yeah, man, I wish he would touch the ball more. Even even if Judkins gets going, uh, Judkins had thirty three carries. That is some like nineteen eighties, you know, stat line. You, know, I think you want to spread yeah. the ball around a little more, especially when. <laughs> Bentley's putting together the, the yards per touch that he has right now, which are insane. I'm typically not a... Um,
0: I don't know. A guy who believes in a lot of the, like, typical old-school style of thinking. But I do wonder if there's something to the idea of, like, Quinchon is finally having a good game. Let's, like, feed it to him and see if, like, this sparks something. It kind of gets
1: things moving you know what i mean yeah i think there's there's definitely something to that but bentley seven and a half yards a carry through five games um and then let's see 12.8 yards per reception on five receptions it's kind of surprising that he only has five receptions uh that's that's something i could see them uh working on a little bit more
0: Yeah, another thing that I obviously that obviously made the difference in the game was the play of Trey Harris and Caden Prescorn, and we've talked a little bit about both of them in, in passing so far. But uh, look, Trey Harris had 153 yards receiving. Caden Prescorn only had three catches for 41, but they were huge catches. Uh, I think all three came on third downs, and he was just a reliable target to be able to pick up what what was needed along with his blocking, of course, that we've talked about, could be uh, involved in all the success that that Judkins had. Um, I think Trey Harris is proving to be like an elite, elite wide receiver, uh, not just sort of like a really good college wide receiver. Like I kind of think that he might be a a good pro. Um, And a lot of it is like, Something that I didn't see as much of on his La tech film was Yards After Catch. Um, that was seemingly not really how they used him. Uh, or if they did, it was on like slants and things. Um, he is so good in the open field at like doing little nuanced things that sort of throw off defenders, get them to like move their body in the wrong way and, and all that. I mean. I don't know. We we have not had a receiver of his caliber since AJ Brown and DK Metcalf were on the team. I, I kind of think.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I totally agree. I mean, John Mingo was drafted what in the second round last year. Yeah, he's yeah. better than Mingo. Like, yeah, he's certainly a co- he's certainly a better college player than Mingo. Yeah, very little doubt about that. Yeah, his. His touchdown the his last score of the game. Um just a thing of beauty like what he did to uh, you know shake off the defenders that were that were near him. And you know he's he's doing that without like a really strong compliment on the other side. Like he he is the guy that secondaries are keying in on and have to stop and he's still had 150 yards receiving. Uh, that's that's not to downplay the contributions of Dayton Wade and Jordan Watkins, who are having incredible seasons. Um, but to me, they're they're I don't know they're not guys that the entire defense has to game plan around like Harris is, and he's still yeah. producing in in spite of that. They're certainly you know they're they're not physically
0: imposing in the way that that Harris is, but Jordan Watkins, I mean, he has. He has surpassed last year's yardage total already. Um, wow, that I didn't know. Just yeah, by uh, by one yard. <laughs> uh, I, ju- I just checked it. Um, he is, you know, tearing it up. Um, but he, he's not. I think even he would probably say that he's not the ideal outside receiver.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, We're still kind of yeah. waiting to in- integrate Zachary Franklin into the offense. And if he really comes on like, man, that would be really something. Uh, but yeah, yeah that, that's just to, to amplify what, what Trey Harris is doing so far this season. If, if he's not on your all sec first team ballot, like, I don't, I don't know what you're thinking. Right. Right. It's like, Oh, well he didn't, he didn't
0: come up big in the Bama game. Like, well, he didn't play in. Yeah. That game. He played like one goal line or one red zone possession. Uh, and and was thrown to, but was basically a decoy. Um, that actually brings me to my question: Like, if if Trey Harris and Caden Prescorn and Caden Prescorn played the majority of last week against Alabama, but if both of them had been hundred percent against Alabama, do you think it goes differently? I do.
1: Yeah. I mean, I do too. How could it not? He Harris has been the MVP, of the offense so far, like he, he hasn't yeah. had a down game in any game that he's played other than that Bama game where he was severely limited, you know, Judkins and dart have both had off games as, as great as they both are. Uh, mm. yeah. I mean, you know, we're missing, basically missing the MVP of our offense for that game and a critical, critical piece in, in pre scorn as well. Right.
0: Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think that Ole Miss probably would have won, um, which is weird, uh, weird to say. And, you know, I, I, people don't typically accuse me of a homer. So, um, I think that, um, that probably carries something with it. Uh, offensive line. We, we already mentioned how this was their best game. Like they were excellent. They were excellent. They, we didn't have holding calls. Well, we had maybe like one. Uh, or one on the offensive line. I think we had a couple on on receivers as well. Um, weren't getting beat around the edge much. Didn't give up a single sack. Uh, yeah, just
1: really great performance. Yeah, and and again, that's that's against a pretty good LSU front seven. Definitely, Harold Perkins will be one of the top three or so pass rushers we see this year, and that you know yeah. the only reason he's not number 1 is because we still have to play Georgia you know <laughs> yeah um, yeah but yeah an, an incredible pass rush specialist that that we pretty much blanked for the game um yeah i mean he had he had some tackles but it wasn't like
0: he made a difference in you know had had i guess uh
1: drive defining plays or anything like that yeah, yeah, and you know, it's still LSU, and the the total talent level across the board in the front seven is is pretty high, uh, right? And yeah, the offensive line just did a phenomenal job. Okay, now let's talk about the defense. Wah, wah. Um, yeah, they were bad. I so obviously giving up forty nine points is bad. It's objectively bad, but it was against, mm-hmm. like we said, probably the best offense in the SEC. And we, they they made them earn it. That's not to say that they didn't have yeah. a lot of bad plays because they they definitely did. Defensive backs were often in position, but rarely made the play, uh, which which is something we'll have to keep an eye on as the season wears on, if, if that's going to be the case. Um, and yeah, same thing. Linebackers often in position, rarely made the play. Uh, Kari Coleman had a, a couple of great ones um, or a couple of really nice plays. Uh, he, I contend he's our best linebacker while while Sundering Perkins gets his legs under him. I, I think Kari Coleman is our best linebacker.
0: Yeah, um, I, I think that you're definitely, you're right. Like I said, the defense was bad um, and they, they were bad, uh, but they weren't horrific in the way that the final score would suggest. Uh, LSU was really good on offense and was very, very difficult to deal with. Uh, there were times when, like you said, we were in position. Uh, either didn't make the play uh, like in the situation with Deshaun Sean Gaddy dropping the, what would have been the game ceiling pick six, uh, or just couldn't make a play because we weren't quite there. And Jaden Daniels, Accuracy was pinpoint on deep balls, which was really fun to have to deal with all, all night. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, I, I, I think that the major concern is probably over overstated, but there are some problems on the defense.
1: For sure. But yeah. Yeah.
0: Um I will say, you know, you you mentioned Kari Coleman and, uh, and Sumter and Perkins. And uh, I am not trying to contend that Ashanti Sistrunk is better. But he had two huge sacks in the fourth quarter. And that's pretty great. I mean, you know, if you remember, Ashanti Sistrunk also two years ago had a pick against A&M that, like, finished the game. Sure, yeah. Uh, and it's pretty fun to have... A guy who occasionally pops for like some big, you know, game winning plays. <laughs> Not so bad.
1: Yeah, absolutely. He, he yeah. is very underlooked on, on this defense and, and yeah, he definitely came up, came up very big. Yeah. Uh, I did want to talk before we,
0: um, kind of close the LSU talk. I did want to talk about, uh, one thing that I noticed, um, you know, going into this year in our season preview, we sort of talked about how, like, there was some uncertainty at safety and, like, how that would exactly shake shake out. Um, it is done. Uh, Trey Washington played every single defensive snap. Every single defensive snap. Uh, Dejon Anthony played all but one. And then um, John Saunders played a whole lot. Aishem Young, Eight snaps on defense goodness man eight snap like from freshman all-american starter for iowa state to senior year i think he's a senior i think he's a i think he could, he could come back because of covid yeah but i think this is his senior year um you know playing only a handful of snaps or two handfuls i guess of snaps uh just a, just a wild a wild turn of events um but look Dejon anthony has been so fun, and Trey Washington won SEC Defensive Player of the Week a couple weeks ago. So, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I just think it's it's a little
1: surprising. It is, it is. And you mentioned Dijon Anthony, um, he definitely had the play of the game on defense, even though it was relatively early, and maybe my favorite play of the whole game, uh, in so Jaden Daniels was in the middle of breaking off a pretty big run and then just escaped kind of an an arm tackle and then Anthony came in and popped him just didn't lower his head just like kind of came at him like almost like a shove but it was like so sudden and so violent that it like knocked the ball out Uh, and that was the only turnover of the game and it was also just a statement it wasn't dirty. It wasn't like rough overly. It was just like a physical, like we're here to play kind of statement. And even though, you know, obviously Daniel's uh, bounced right back and, and lit us up quite a few times, but uh, I think that really put a lot of energy in the stadium and on the sidelines and, and it, it's definitely worth calling out.
0: Yeah. It was honestly one of those plays that, <laughs> that Tylen Knight used to make. Yeah. Um, but like
1: from a bigger player yeah you know? or, um, or trey Elston kind of play you know i mean trey Elston was yeah. he was always going for the, for the throat in some way but uh yeah but yeah man what a what a phenomenal like statement play on defense so i was just looking
0: at the at the snap counts um so which which
1: linebacker would you guess played the most um i would guess Coleman but i'm not sure
0: so, Suntran Perkins, sixty-one of seventy-six plays. Uh, Jean Baptiste, forty-four of seventy-six plays. Kari Coleman, twenty-nine of seventy-six
1: plays. Wow, that's surprising.
0: I know he. I mean, he he had four solo tackles, one of which was a sack. Uh, he made the most of his twenty-nine plays. Like, I noticed him several times, not just on on tackles, but like decisions he was making and things. Like, please play him more, please play him more because um, it, it wasn't working so try something else um, okay yeah last last thing uh, players of the game I know it's kind of like a, a weird thing to talk about um, but we'll only talk about offense like who who do you think was the difference maker
1: and I I, I know it's a complex answer right? Yeah, I still got to say Dart, man. I don't, I don't know. I yeah. mean, it, it's always an easy cop out to pick the quarterback, but he just played a phenomenal yeah, clean was, game. Yeah, he was superb.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's either him, Trey Harris, or Quinshawn Judkins. Um, and for me, it's 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 Quinshawn. Um, I just think that when it became clear that they didn't really have an answer for him, it was kind of like, well, I guess the offense is just going to go crazy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Jackson Dart was spectacular, and I'd, I'd be tempted to give him, it to him as well. But I'll just, I'll say Quinn Um Okay, let's actually move on and talk about Arkansas. Uh, we're not going to spend a ton of time on Arkansas. They are, you know, I've had a disappointing season so far this year. Um, obviously, they are... Still a talented team and everything like that, but they are two and three, having lost to having lost three in a row uh, to BYU, which was a fun game to watch, uh, a close one to LSU, and then a twelve point loss to A and M. Um,
1: what do you think about Arkansas? I think they are going to find some mojo on offense against Ole Miss, and they're going to make us hate this game, but I, I, I don't know. I, i like our chances overall, but come, what, what are we just going to have a, a cakewalk win against Arkansas? No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. It would be funny to, pre-
0: to, uh, predict that, right. Uh, that is, that will never ever happen ever. Um, a, a like easy blowout win that that does not happen against Arkansas. Um Yeah. I I, I always like to pull stats to kind of get a sense. I, I've, I've watched them play a couple of games this year, um, but you know, obviously haven't seen every game. And so I, I always like to look at stats and try to find like interesting pieces that look like they are relevant or could be relevant. Um So 99th, their defense is 99th and third down conversion percentage. Um, LSU was 120th, I think, and we see why. Uh, if Arkansas gives up third and 11 first downs at the same pace that uh, that LSU did, this will be not, not too hard. Um, 104th in yards per play on offense. Uh, 129th in sacks allowed per drop back. Uh, which uh, there are 130 teams, so 129th is pretty bad. 103rd in interception percentage uh, on offense, and then 106th in yards per rush. This was something that I just, I can't fathom how that's possible. Like, with injuries or whatever, I mean, it's clear that their offensive line is just really, really bad if they're giving up sacks and, you know, having trouble uh, with with having backs in the, or getting backs into the open field and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I know that like QB sacks count as rush is team rushing. So that's kind of like messes up the stats, but uh everyone has gotten pressure on them and it's surprising.
1: Yeah. The, the interesting part about their relative lack of rushing success is well, okay. Part of it. Rocket Sanders, uh, you know, thought to be a top three sec running back heading into the season, totally shredded Ole Miss last year. He's been out for most of the season or a, a significant chunk of the season, but during the time that he's played, he's only had 2.9 yards per carry. Um, I, I haven't seen the splits. I think maybe he came back against AM and and their defense is like pretty solid. And you know, he might not have been a hundred percent, uh, but the interesting thing I was working towards, AJ. Green, their their top back in yards, is averaging 6.1 per carry. And so like the rest of the team rushing effort is is that poor to, to drag their leading rushers average down <laughs> that much. Yeah, well and, and all the sacks.
0: yeah. Of um, yeah, Rocket Sanders against Western Carolina, the catamounts. Uh, 15 carries for 42 yards for 2.8 yards per clip uh and then and then his only other game so far this season because he got hurt was against am for a 3.1 yards per carry um yeah i mean he's very dangerous and let's hope that something is just wrong with the offensive line uh because if it's just you know that he had a bad game against West Carolina, then that's not great for, for Ole Miss.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just going to throw it out there. He he will probably have a bounce-back game of some sort against <laughs> Ole Miss. Hopefully it's not a, a just 300-yard, <laughs> you know, 10-yard per rush kind of game. But... So ESPN gives Arkansas an 18% chance to beat Ole
0: Miss. I mean the uh that th- that's on you know the espn analytics real time matchup
1: predictor thing
0: 18%
1: yeah i mean if you
0: i would say i would say they have a 40% chance to win
1: i think i think that's true i think if you just look at the statistics and results and relative strengths of opponents and stuff like that then then sure yeah they have a very small chance of winning but like we we all know like <laughs> <laughs> that it's not really yeah, going to play yeah. out by way. I don't know. So here, here's how. Here's the one stat
0: that I, I haven't mentioned yet that is really the only great statistic for Arkansas in, in their favor. Um, they are eighth in sack percentage on defense. So they are getting to quarterbacks, and that is problematic for all this.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It'll... Definitely change the complexion of the game if it's another, you know, five sack outing for Jackson Dart. Um in his when he does get sacked, it it tends to be not great, you know, <laughs> like tends to be at very yeah. inopportune times, tends to be for a loss of a lot of yards and, and yeah, so keeping him upright is is maybe the key to the game in in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but I I think that Ole Miss will ultimately win.
0: Um, I think it will be by more than a touchdown, but not more not much more than a touchdown. And I don't know what
1: what's your prediction? Something similar. I'm I would say something to the tune of 42 35 or something like that. Okay. Just KJ Jefferson. He's he's gonna find ways to make our defense look bad.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm so last week we were both at eight and four for the for the rest of the schedule or to finish the season uh how i assume that has changed but maybe it hasn't uh where are you now
1: i'm i'm back up at nine and three uh and part of my confusion about how this season is going to go comes from the outcome of the Georgia Auburn game, which Georgia squeaked out is like, does that mean Georgia's in play? Or does that mean Auburn is way more likely to beat us than we th- Like who knows? Uh, right. <laughs> but I'm still going to stick with nine and three. Yeah. Um, I am, I am up to nine and three as
0: well, though. I, uh, I'm more concerned about Auburn than I was. Uh, I am more concerned about A&M than I was. Uh, and I'm less concerned about Georgia, though still super concerned about Georgia. Sure. I just think it it has become ever so slightly winnable, uh, whereas going into the year, it was very much
1: obviously a loss. And it's still very likely to be a loss. Yeah, I, I can go ahead and tell you that no matter what happens between then and now, I will pick Ole Miss to lose that game. Uh, but, yeah. hey, we're uh, 1-0 in games that I picked Ole Miss to lose. So, you know. Me too. Me too. <laughs> uh,
0: okay, well, that's going to do it for us this week. And we'll talk next week about Arkansas and the upcoming matchup against Ar- or Auburn.